Welcome to the Kung Fu Equation, your solution to living a kick-butt life. My name is Justin Flinner, and I am here with my partner in crime. And I'm Jose Johnson. And we are going to talk to you in episode four about how to train like a champion. And we're going to start off this discussion first by focusing on the mindset, the mindset of a champion. And we're going to go through a couple things. We'll talk about basics. We'll talk about goals. And who knows where we'll go from there. But we're going to keep it along the lines of training like a champion and how you can do so. So when we talk about mindset, Jose, let's let you open this one up today. So mindset, what does that mean in terms of a champion's perspective? Well, I I think with anything, whether it's you know, martial arts training or if you uh, as we're preparing to enter into football season, uh, any kind of sport, any activity, and, and even uh, business and things like that, the the mindset of a champion is that they will always do their best. They will always try to learn from their mistakes, and they basically just don't quit. It's a, a no quit attitude. So for, uh, for most people, I think it's, it's so easy to get discouraged. Champions like the hardship. Champions enjoy the struggle. They like being the underdog. They like having something that, that is beyond their grasp at the moment because they live to improve themselves. So I think that's kind of the, the first part of a champion's mindset is just, you know, right. whatever's going on, I'm going to figure out a way to make it work. And I will not give up until I've, I've solved this problem. Yeah, there's the determination uh, as well as the perseverance when you're training. I know that was a big part of it for sure. So when we started off training in general, practicing wushu, uh, I don't, for myself personally, I don't know that I entered the school thinking that I want to be the next champion. Um, I mean, I went there because I wanted to learn. I had some friends who were practicing, and I just wanted to see what it was all about because I enjoyed martial arts. Uh, But then there comes a point where you realize that, number one, you're doing okay at it. Uh, And number two... (laughs) It seems like you have potential to go a little bit farther because uh, partially because of the teacher telling you that, hey, this is good. I want to teach you something a little bit more advanced. Uh, and, of course, all the classmates are noticing and they're saying, hey, you, you're pretty good at that movement. And then, I don't know, things just sort of take off in their own way. So in your experience, Jose, what, what was, if you can remember, what was a transition point where you started to go from just student to, I want to train like a champion? Well, I guess when I first started doing martial arts, it was uh, as a child. And the reason I started doing martial arts as a child was because my father put me in the classes because he used to get my butt beat every day. So it mm-hmm. was it was uh, to provide me with uh, self-defense skills, which there'll be a day when I'll go into that story a little more in depth. But needless to say, uh, I always had a love for uh, for martial arts. And when I, I took a break from it for, for several decades, when I came back to it, I came back to it for fun. And right. then I decided that I really enjoyed it and I really wanted to get serious about training and I thought competition would be a great way to do that. And uh, also because I was uh, trying to deal with some issues like, which is you know kind of a funny thing to, to think about that you know, for years I'd been a professional musician that uh, I was dealing with some stage fright issues. And I figured that uh, doing martial arts competition would be a good way for me to face those demons of, uh, yeah, I, I, could, I could play with a, a big band, uh, you know, in an ensemble, and I, can, I could do all kinds of stuff and, and not even give it a second thought, but ask me to do something solo, I would freak out. And I knew that, mm-hmm. you know, being on, a comp- on the competition floor, it was just me, you know, it was me and the judges. So it kind of got me interested. So when, uh, when I, 
I had that epiphany, that's when I sought out the best teacher that I could find to help me uh, along those lines. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough that I was only three hours away from from uh, our coach, and yeah, it was a uh, it's kind of a no brainer for me to do that. So the the difference between you and me is that when you know when I when I went to to coach Nick's school. I was, or I went there with the sole purpose of I want to be trained to be a champion level athlete because that school mm. was famous for producing uh-huh. champion athletes. So um, yeah, my mind, my mindset when I when I started studying uh, with 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 Nick was no, the uh, this is the guy who's going to get me to that level that I want to be at in terms of uh, a competitive athlete, and right. you know, that certainly was the case. Yeah, for for me, like I, I remember going off to college, and it was my very first year in college. And some of the people that I ran into and started to hang out with, they were ones who were in, into martial arts, and they said, "Hey, we're going to this school. Uh, we've been going there for a little while. Would you like to come and join us?" And I said, "Yeah, sure, let's do it." Because I was doing taekwondo, and I wasn't uh, near that school anymore. I was now an hour away from there. Uh, so I couldn't obviously go, but we went to the wushu school, and I had no idea what wushu was. I just knew what the term kung fu, so I thought, okay, kung fu is this. But if you've listened to our first podcast, we know that that is not actually uh, a martial art in and of itself. But I went to the school, and I had started practicing, and I'm like, hey, this is some really cool stuff. They got some really challenging moves. Uh, the teacher's awesome and all the classmates are really friendly so i'm going to keep going and then i started to go and then i started to realize hey this is when of course the internet was still starting to become popular so for those of you out there who aren't that you know aged as we are <laughs> uh you will know uh the uh, the videos from i remember beijing team.com i don't even know if that website is still up but th- this is all before the YouTube stuff. So we yeah. had to go to this website to watch all these videos. And I, I was obsessed. I was watching them all the time. Every time I was done with class, I would watch them. Every time I would go home from, uh, for break, I would watch them. Any time I could watch them, I would. And I downloaded them, and I was trying to use them for my own uh, research. And I would put them on DVD, and I would go to the school, and I would play them. And I was trying to mimic what they were doing. So it, I think... A lot of people around that time were doing some similar things, and I, I literally became obsessed, and I just wanted to do it. Like I said in the last podcast, I just wanted to do my best. I wasn't training to be a champion, but then when I went to competition and realized that, hey, I guess I guess I am doing things pretty good, um, I just kept going. So there was a, a bit of a transition point where I realized that, for me, I decided that I want to put my time and my effort into this because I know I can do something with it. And I have. I've, I've done a lot with it over the years. So training like a champion really does sort of sneak up behind you. Uh, at least for me, it did. So I didn't enter the school thinking I wanted to train like a champion. But for me, that's, that's, that's how it, it, it essentially formed. But for you, right. you entered the school thinking that you wanted to be a champion. So... Jose, when you started, I mean, you already had a bit of a foundation underneath you. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I, I guess so. There's a, I, I, much like you, you know, I was studying other styles of martial arts. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was doing uh, uh, judo and karate, uh, mm-hmm. Ishinryu karate, and, and uh, did that for a while. And then uh, when I came back to doing martial arts, I, uh, I started so doing did you, uh, shuai did did you have to relearn the basics when you showed up oh, at the school? Yeah, you know, and that's that's a, a great segue uh, to you know the point of about basics is that there was a level of fundamental understanding that I had uh, through all of the training that I had prior to to meeting uh, the person who then became you know our coach uh, that was you know it it was it laid a foundation but that foundation was not exactly what i needed so uh i kind of had to tear a lot of stuff down and rebuild but fortunately having already had experience with some level of training 
I, you know, I, I, I kind of knew some basics of how to move my body. I wasn't great at it, but I understood some of those fundamentals. So uh, it was able, that it was, it was easier for me, I guess, to uh, be familiar with the process of learning as opposed to uh, you know, someone who's, who's never had to, who's, well, we've all learned something, but having learned martial arts before, I had a level of understanding of how to learn martial arts. I, but the basics that I had to learn were just completely different. I mean, it was, it was night and day. So right. you know, it, wasn't a, it wasn't like I came in and was, was a prodigy because I had already uh, developed, I already had all those basic skills. And no, absolutely not. It was, it was starting from ground zero, but at least I had a reference point of what I was going to have to go through in order to get to where I needed to be. Yeah, exactly. So I recall showing up at the school. Uh, in my mind, I said, you know, I, I have some martial arts background. I've been doing it for several years. Uh, I got some pretty strong kicks. I'm pretty good with flexibility. And then, of course, I show up and then I see people putting their heads on their toes. And I'm like, well, this is new. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then all of the different kicks, because obviously it's a different style of martial art, but I didn't realize exactly to what extent that entailed. Right. So front stretch kick, all these different kicks of jumping techniques and things like that. I mean, in Taekwondo, you have some very specific movements that are characteristic of Taekwondo, a roundhouse kick, back kick, side kick, hook kick, etc. cetera. Uh, and I thought that, hey, that was about all I needed to know and my level of flexibility was pretty good, but I quickly learned that I had to first be humble enough to accept the fact that, yep, this is new and I'm gonna have to start from scratch. And I think for me, that was also a big step in realizing that, yeah, it's back to basics time. That was where uh, I suppose I decided to lay my foundation down. So in terms of basics, Yes, that uh, that's essential, uh, just as you stated as well, so building your foundation. And once you have a good understanding of the basics and you build your foundation, um, we had mentioned a little bit about uh, goals and checkpoints. Well, I guess we were talking about goals in a previous podcast, but how do we ensure that there is progress occurring uh, for the mindset of the champion? How do we ensure that our basics are going in the right direction? Well, I, I think, I, I guess, let, let, me, let me take a, a step back on this one, that the basics, the fundamentals, those are your advanced level skills. Everything is the basics. Yes. So everybody wants to learn the flashy stuff, you know, like uh, when... Uh, We'd be in a, a long fist clash. You know, everybody wants to know how to do a butterfly twist. Everybody wants to do aerial cartwheel. Yep. Everybody wants to, right. you know, be able to jump high and, and, you know, do the split landings and all that sort of stuff. That's right. But that's not the important stuff. You know, that's that's the flash. Uh, it's the foundation. And, and I remember um, so many people saying about, uh, you know, about our coach and then eventually saying about me and about you that, oh, yeah. They have good basics. They have good fundamentals, and you know that was always the thing that people would say about you know the people who had uh, good success from from our school. And we had a lot of, but we had a lot of classmates who were uh, very good at some of the flashy stuff. But yeah, you know maybe their stances weren't so so does, on top of it. Does that mean you know? that like someone who wants to be a champion? I'm not saying this is how we are or how we were, but does that mean that somebody needs to be so a uh, in tune with the details and almost OCD about like, for example, doing a bow stance back foot must be flat. Uh, it must be a certain angle, etc. Does that mean that those who want to train this way must be so observant uh, and obsessed with the details or? Well, yeah, I think obsession, obsession, because you mentioned that earlier and, and uh, that's a great word. You have to be obsessed. It doesn't necessarily mean OCD. It doesn't necessarily, you know, and I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. That obsession is a, you know, a lot of times we associate the the phrase obsession with with like you know obsessive compulsive disorders, but 
By obsessed, I mean that you will not settle. And it's right. the, you know, this is the right way it's done. And I'm going to do it the right way. And if I don't do it the right way, I'm going to figure out how to correct it. So whether it's, and that's the, that's what gives you your foundation. So exactly. if you, if you know that, that your stances need to be a specific way, you make sure they are that way. Every time you get to the point where you don't have to think about it. It just is. That's the way it is. Yep. And, and I think that, that's, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that that's, that's where it ties into everything else that we do because uh, you know, whether it's, you know, take somebody like Tom Brady who obsesses over fundamental details. That's I mean, right. He's considered to be probably the best quarterback to, in the NFL ever. And some people say he's the best football player that's ever been in the NFL. That's right. But he still has a coach and that coach, I mean, not just Bill Belichick, you know, the, the team coach, he still has personal coaches who work with him to help him refine his fundamental skills. It's always about taking the basics and making the basics better. That's right. So, you know, that, that's every aspect of life is about that. Figure out what's the essential and obsess over gaining mastery over those essential skills. And then all of the flash will take care of itself. Yeah, and that's why, like, if you remember, of course you do. Uh, but those of you who, out, who are out there who actually do practice a martial art or practice wushu, that I assume that every beginning of your class is basics. Because our classes, I remember 20 to 30 minutes of just doing all the basic kicks, basic jumps, everything, every single class. Of course, we had flexibility at the beginning after our warm-up uh, and all the other uh, strength training and stuff, sometimes at the end of the class. But there was always a large section of the, of the class that included basics. And ultimately, you're learning through repetition. It's like, I don't know, swinging a golf club. The golfers that are pro versus golfers that are amateur, they do exactly the same thing. They swing a golf club, but how many times in the course of a year does a pro swing a club versus an amateur? I mean, how many balls do right. they hit? I mean, thousands, thousands of golf balls, and they do it with intention. So I think there's an element of intention that is involved here as well. But one thing Absolutely. I want to say before I forget is that there is a bit of, uh, like, what is the glue I guess that keeps all of these things together. For me, it was number one, the intention, but the other thing was about what we discussed last week, which was what is the why? So mm -hmm. not necessarily what's my personal why, but what is the why behind this movement? Why is this movement performed this way? Why is the foot at this angle? And fortunately enough, we had a teacher who could explain those things and would open, a, open the door for us to be able to eventually figure them out on our own. So why don't, uh, can you say a few words about intention for us, Jose? Yeah, the intention is uh, yeah, tied into that why, you know, why am I doing this? You know, what's the purpose of this, uh, both from the, the uh, greater philosophical uh, perspective and the, the more practical perspective? Uh, there, there needs to be a reason why you're doing something and the clearer the why, the clearer the result. So, right. uh, you know, the, the idea that, that was, you know, taught to us a lot about, uh, uh especially in internal arts like Tai Chi and, and, and then Qigong and things like that, the Yi Chi Li idea, the Yi, the intention, the, the intention leads your energy, the Chi to uh, the muscle or the action, the Li. So if, if you have clear intention, your energy will move clearly, you'll get a clear result. But if your intention is not clear, if you, if you're confused, if you're distracted, then your action will always be that way. So the result is a direct, uh, it's a physical manifestation of what's going on in your head. It is right. your intent that creates everything. That's exactly right. Whatever mindset you have, but also whatever thoughts you have that might be recurring, those will determine 
what actions you take in the future. So it, it, that also comes back to the, you know, practicing the basics, discovering your why, everything. I mean, all of these pieces are connected in the same puzzle, but that is a, that is a very important element. Um, and I know that we had mentioned possibly talking about motivation in here, but I really think that the motivation that you need for training like a champion comes in, a, in episode three that we uh, just recently published. So discovering what is your why, because training like a champion is going to start from somewhere. And I imagine, and I actually know personally, and I know you know it as well, that once you discover what that why is, you find what what is the reason behind you actually doing this. And it also helps you become passionate with the art itself. So yesterday I was reading uh, out of a book uh, in Chinese medicine, and they were talking about the word passion versus emotion. And it's interesting because mm -hmm. the root of the word passion actually means to suffer. So the real meaning mm -hmm. behind the word actually points to to suffer. So I. I haven't yet quite figured out how to interpret that, but I have an idea that in relation to training that other people will see, it's kind of like the phrase that we use, which is you train ugly so that your performance is beautiful or the, right. in Chinese, the chi cool or the eat bitter. Yeah. So eat using bitter. that yeah. mindset means that not because you're punishing yourself, but you're forcing yourself to suffer in a way because you love the results that you're getting. You're not necessarily attached, but the results are allowing you to fulfill whatever it is that your why is. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah. The, the whole process of improvement, of growth, uh, is inherently painful. And most people don't want to hear that, but it's absolutely the truth. Uh, so if you the, the perfect example that everybody can understand is going to the gym. Mm -hmm. you know, if, if you want to gain strength, you have to push your body to the point where your muscles fatigue, where you, you go to the point of failure mm -hmm. and you break down the muscle, you're, you're, you're tearing muscle fiber. And then when you go through your rest and recovery period, your body is uh, you know, sending the proteins and everything to uh, rebuild the muscle. And as it rebuilds, it rebuilds stronger. But it will never get stronger if you don't first tear it down. That's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. uh, and the process of, of every level of improvement is to put yourself where we are suffering and what suffers most is the ego because we have to be willing to do things that are beyond our abilities if we want to stretch our abilities. That's right. So if you never go through those points where you feel frustrated, where you feel uh, in some cases discouraged, when you, when you feel like, I can't do this. If you never get to those points, you'll never really get to the point where you'll be able to say, I can now do this. You have to go through the pain. Let's see. The elements of training like a champion, if we're going to focus on just a few select points. So if we want to sum this up, essentially, number one, I say, if you're on the cusp of deciding whether you should try a martial art or should train like a champion, even if you're doing tennis or golf or something that's not martial arts related, it doesn't matter. The mindset is there. Uh, just get started. I think that's step one. So you just have to do it. Uh, not to steal the yeah. line from Nike, but literally just get started. Just take that first step and then immerse yourself in it. Allow yourself to... Uh, uh, practice with other people, get to know the movements, get to know the style without any judgment. So clear your head, get started, try it out, see what it's like. And in the process, if you haven't yet discovered your why, you should use that as uh, at least while you're in the process of discovering it, use that as something that will amplify your movements, that will help you to develop more passion for it. Um, and then, of course, move on to the basics. And like we said multiple times, we should do that obsessively because I remember, I don't know how many times, like doing back sweep, doing front sweep, 
doing butterfly kicks. I mean, we would sit there and do them for, I, th I think we did probably 50 or 60 in a session, uh, just over and over and over, trying to get them and without falling over. Eventually, you get tired and you have to stop because there's there's no or throwing up. You yeah, know. exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, the, <laughs> there's there's no progress after a certain point because your body is just completely wasted. Um, and then there's the intense training portions. So I know that for myself, there was massive progress when I would do like the summer camps. So I would teach the kids uh, during a certain part of the day, but then we would also have uh, our own camp, but then we would have night class. So we would be there literally from early morning until late at night uh, for at least a week, sometimes two. And the training that we right. did was insane compared to what we would do on a regular basis like i mean what share share with the listeners jose what's what's a memory that what maybe you don't want to have maybe you've already pushed it out of your head but if you could pull one out <laughs> what's what's a memory that you have from your days of training that you know really helped you progress uh to the level of a champion well the the, uh, the most vivid memory i have was in 1994, um, this was when uh, I moved from Columbus, Ohio, to Sharon, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and I was uh, I moved there to train full time, and it was I think maybe the second class since I had moved there, and we were working like fiends. And I was in the back corner, and of course the yeah the I was in the uh, well, this is in the old Buell Club, uh, our old old training school, and it was in a room that was not air conditioned, <laughs> and it was very very hot that day, and we were doing lines and lines and lines of drill, and I knew that I still had you know three hours after this to continue my training. And feeling like I just wanted to throw up in the corner and thinking to myself, what in the world am I doing here? Why did I quit my job? Why did I move here? I'm an idiot. And it was at that moment that I, that I answered that why to myself because this is what I want to do. This is the next phase of my life. And if I want to maximize this, the potential that I have, this was going to be the fastest way for me to do it. Not the easiest way, but the fastest way for me to do it. And that's, that's what I was, that was, what I was about. I had specific goals that I had in mind. And I knew that if I put myself in this environment, if I dove into the deep end, that I will be forced to uh, to create the kind of training regimens and skills and abilities that I needed to accomplish those goals. So uh, it's kind of like the the concept of burning the boats and burning the bridges. Yeah. You know, it's like I was all in. Right. So that that was it for me. And that moment of just going, "Oh my God, I'm such an idiot!" And then like, "No, this is this is what I want." So suck it up you know, put on your big boy pants and, and get to work. And that was, that was kind of a transitional moment for me. Yeah, that's the, the image of the burning the bridge, burning the boat, I mean, behind you and saying like, this is where I want to be. That's, that had to have been a difficult decision for you. Um, I know that I personally, I didn't make that decision when I had started. Uh, rather, I eventually, the school that I was at when I started training Wushu, I actually switched schools and then I turned, up, turned out being an hour away myself. So I had to drive an hour each way in order to get to uh, the Wushu school to practice. But I, I was still in I was still in college. I was going to class full time and I was training full time. So I was in the mindset of training like a champion before I even knew it. 
only because I enjoyed it so much. And I guess that's sort of where I, you know, keeping myself busy like I am now all the time, 24-7. That, that was where my passion sort of took <laughs> off and everything just clicked. It's like this is, this is, there's something about this martial art that will lead me through my life. And eventually, of course, I went to China, lived there, and then I came back, started practicing acupuncture, and now I'm teaching, and now I'm doing this podcast with you. So a really long story short, the, the process of getting there is, uh, it sneaks up after you. But ultimately, I think that we can all have thought after thought after thought to make the decision to want to train like a champion it's like oh i could do that i could do that better if only i had just trained a little bit more i could have done that or maybe i did do that years ago but i could do it now but i just don't have the time so we come up with excuses but thought after thought after thought how do you train like the, a champion it's again you just got to get started you have to make the decision you must choose because the the change doesn't happen until the choice is made and you burned boat and you said, I'm not going back. And I made the decision to devote my every extra minute of my time to train like a champion. So uh, do you have any other uh, tips for people out there to train like a champion? Like maybe some one-liners or anything? Like one of mine that I always tell my kids is never give up. You said one earlier, don't settle. Is there anything else that comes to mind? Well, you have to you have to establish your non-negotiables, the things that you will not settle for, the things that you won't sacrifice. And whether it's uh, your martial arts training, or you know, I think of other champions. I mentioned Tom Brady, uh, one of my favorite champions of all time, Warren Buffett. Hmm. You know, you don't think you look at Warren Buffett and you don't think there's a champion. Well, yeah, you do. When you look at that uh, bank account, he is a champion uh -huh. at investing, and right. he he has uh, he has standards, and he does not negotiate on those standards, and he constantly is improving his knowledge. The man reads an insane amount of books on a daily basis, still to this day. So he's constantly trying to improve his knowledge and his skills, and you know. He, he can afford to buy countries, but he doesn't. And I think like for a lot of people that are trying to be financially successful, you know, they, they want to have the, the bling, the outward trappings. They want to have the big house, the fancy cars, the private jets, the, the Rolexes right. and, you know, the, the gold studded. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> you know, if you want that, that's fine. But, you know, that's not paying attention to the fundamentals of, you know, investing or, you know, growing wealth, which is, you know, you, you save more than you spend. And so when I look at somebody like him, that to me is real gong fu, right? To, to develop that right. level of, of, uh, of ability that's taken a lot, a lot, a lot of practice and that's a champion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, for, I think, um, yeah, what's his name? Ray Dalio is another yeah. like big name out there. And he actually, I haven't read his book, but I have it uh, on audiobook right now waiting on my phone for me to listen to it. But uh, Principles, which I imagine is probably very similar to what you're yeah. describing about Warren Buffett. Have you read that? Uh, I have read almost all of that book. Uh, it is a big book. <laughs> so, Principles. Uh, I, really? I, actually, I use use it for my weight training. Actually, I do curls with it. So, okay. it's it's a great book. It's a great book. So, it, but it is all about the basics. It's about the kung fu and the mindset. And you know, if you want to be healthy, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice? You know, is is your health uh, is your health worth? not going out every weekend and staying out until two, three in the morning. Uh, is, you know, is your martial arts skill worth you not going out and hanging with your friends, you know, because you need to spend a couple of extra hours in the gym? Is your relationship worth uh, what you have to give up to make it work, right? Everything is based on this and to be a champion, to be the best 
at what it is and whether it's comparing yourself to others, which is often what we do in competition, or when you, the most important level of championship is, and I think this is what all true champions have, they're really less concerned about uh, the scorecard and they're more concerned about pushing their game, pushing their personal game to a higher level, about becoming the best that they can be. That's right. that's the, the mark of a, of a true champion is that they always want to take it one step beyond where they were the last time. And they don't focus on what others are doing. They just focus on themselves and just making themselves the absolute best that they can be because they know that is what ends up if you're looking at the scorecard that's what's going to that's what's going to get you the win is if you're the best that you can be that's right and when you're training something like martial arts we technically have it easy because you know what the standards are you know what the judges are expecting you to perform and all you could do is just practice a certain number of movements or types of movements get really good at those movements and that's all you have to do then you become like a one-trick pony uh, but mm -hmm. you and I are taking this a step further and it's not about the movements as you've said many times it's not about the movements. Who cares about butterfly twist, these difficulties? That's irrelevant. But the, the ultimate level of practice and really becoming a champion is to be able to develop the mindset, number one, uh, to find your passion, find your why, and to use that to, in a way, develop your root structure beneath you using the foundations as part of, or the basics uh, and the fundamentals as part of that to really deepen your root structure so that you can you could practice anything because one of the things that I always 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 tell my students is it just a lot of the things that we've just said but you're always working with the same tool the tool is your body it is your mind it is everything about you if you can understand how your body works your mind works and you can learn to control it and based off of your own decisions, your own actions, without using somebody else's influence, then you have essentially developed the same mindset as Warren Buffett and Ray Dalio, minus the billions and billions of dollars. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I think for for me that was a big yeah shift uh, in my life when I started to understand that. I can use this to better my life, but also to better better other people's lives as well. Not to say that anyone's living a crappy life, oh. but we can always improve our life each day a little bit at a time. So, um, yeah. Any final thoughts? Well, yeah, absolutely. the The idea, especially like when we think about the martial arts theme. Uh, Part of the purpose of martial arts, if you think about the, the the two main components of it, you know, one is to protect yourself, but the reality is that it was mostly about protecting other people. Right? This was the the skills that you used as a soldier. Right. What's a soldier doing? They're protecting their country. Uh, it's used by the other bodyguards, and you know, uh, for for those of you who aren't familiar with with Chinese culture. Um, you know, the, there are a lot of marauders and bandits and, and each city kind of had their own, not, not necessarily a police force, but they had protectors for the city. They had people who would, uh, protect their villages and those were the martial artists. So it was critical for the survival of your clan, of your people to have good skill and to have that, that mindset. So it is part of the martial art tradition to develop your skills for the benefit of others. And I think a lot of times people lose track of that. That's um, right. But for, for me, as I look at uh, all the people that inspire me, and if we get into the, uh, the back into the sports realm, it's the people that have the attitude. And this is the attitude I had when I was competing was uh, I, I was competing against other people, but I was mostly competing against myself. Yep. But, and my attitude was always, 
I will out-train you. You know, I will out-train anybody. And if I, if I didn't win a competition, I never felt bad. I never felt like, uh, you know, some of my best friends were, were the people that I competed with. And I was so well, excited a, for them. I mean, there's always that, I mean, the moment you realize that you didn't place there's always the moment of uh, slight disappointment, but I think mm. after that, very shortly thereafter, you were able to say, you know what, it's okay, I can train better, I'll do better next time. Yeah, well, it was it was more like, you know, if, if uh, like, my, my, my dear friend Kelly McLean, if Kelly beat me in a competition, I would be so happy for her because I knew that meant she worked her butt off. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be jealous but I would be inspired and go, man, she's gotten so mm -hmm. much better. It's I got to train that much harder. You know, if if I want to win next time, I've got to train that much harder. And that was always the way it went. It was there was no jealousy or animosity towards losing, but there was always the I will train harder than anybody. And if somebody shows me that they trained harder, then I will train harder the next time. And and that's, that's the mentality. Right every champion has is that you will not outwork me and if you can apply that to your life there is absolutely nothing that you're going to be uh that's going to hold you back because you you will figure out a way to gain the skills and the knowledge and the resources to do whatever it is but you've got to be willing to say i will not be outworked that's right so i think that Another good point that comes out of that is basically we have to remove the distractions. We have to remove the things that are saying, uh, at least the voices of other people, for example, telling you that, hey, you're not good enough or maybe you need to train harder or I won this time, tough luck. Uh, a lot of the times those are voices in our own heads telling us that. But I think also yeah. that it's like the judging thing. Um, you could go up, do your best performance, and say you get a 9.1, but then somebody else goes up and they get a 9.4 doing exactly the same form. And you think, well, I was better than them. She's not better than me. How'd they get that score? But we shouldn't. Right. The, the judges are not comparing you to the other person. They're comparing you to the standards that are required to perform that particular form in this style of martial art. So again, mm -hmm. like you said, it doesn't matter what you do in your life. This could be tennis, this could be dance, this could be swimming, this could be business, this could be finance. Do not compare yourself to anybody else but yourself. When you compete, yeah. you're competing against only one person. You're com competing against yourself. And for you and I both, Jose, that got us a long way in terms of being able to go from competition to competition, from not placing to third place to second place to first place. Uh, because I think both of us realized at a certain point that it's not about uh, trying to win against other people. It's just about us pushing ourselves, doing our best, getting up and doing a little bit better each each time and allowing the judges to see that and say, yeah. okay, this was pretty good. He's improved since last year for sure, or she's improved since last year. So, Yeah, well, there's there's also little little tricks and strategies. So for people that are interested in competition, I mean, I, I, learned, I learned all the little things that you can do to improve your odds. Uh, it's not cheating, but it's, uh, you know, like I would, I would get to know the judges because, you know, you're, uh, if you go to a lot of the competitions, you have the same judges at a lot of the competitions. And I could walk into, after, you know, a few seasons of competing, I could walk into a ring and look at the judges and I knew exactly how I needed to tailor my performance to get mm -hmm. the best result. If I knew that, uh, if I'm, you know, doing a Tai Chi form and I look out and I see that, uh, four of the five judges always score people higher if their stances are really low. They're impressed by low stances or high kicks, right? The, the physical stuff. Well, I'm going to make sure I pimp my stances, right? <laughs> if, uh, if, 
if I know that people are more, you know, interested in seeing the fluidity of movement, they want everything to be smooth and super, you know, super silky. Well, then that's how I'll perform. So I, I got to know my audience and give them what they wanted, not at the detriment to what I'm doing. I'm not, you know, particularly changing anything. Uh, I'm just emphasizing a facet of the training. But the key is, is that I had to have all of those skills in my toolbox. I had to have the flexibility and the strength. I had to have the, the low stances. I had to have the smoothness. I had to have power. I needed to have those things at my disposal instantly if I wanted to be able to compete in that manner. And if you just can do things one way, then suddenly when you need to do something a little different, you're not going to get the results you need. So that's, that's right. where having that broad base of fundamentals becomes so critical. You have to be able to uh, to use what is necessary at that moment because what got you first place last competition may not get you the same results of this one. So... That was uh, that was one of my little tricks. Yeah, we all develop some tricks, and I mean, those are some great tricks. And everyone has their own ways to sort of advance, if you will. And I, I agree that part of that really is to get to know the judges, because hey, let's be honest, there's a shortage of uh, good judges out there, and the people that come back, we're grateful that they can uh, keep coming back. But we know that they they have specific things that they are familiar with or specific things that they train more on than others and they're they're I mean, that's that's human i mean their 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 scoring is a bit weighted in certain directions so you learn what they're looking for and then i mean that's part of the game um, yeah well and, and it, it and it's part of life because it if, is. That's, if you if you learn that skill then if you're looking for if you're going for a job interview Every employer is going to want a different thing from you. You know, right. maybe they want somebody who's a little more outgoing. Well, you need to be outgoing in that interview. Maybe they want somebody who's much more knowledgeable on, uh, if you're like an acupuncturist or you're applying for a school, maybe somebody, maybe someone that's, that's wanting to hire you wants you to be more versed in the theory and the history. So mm -hmm. you have to know the, what the people that are, looking uh looking at you for uh are able to you know what you're able to give them and even like if a, a patient a patient coming to you is going to have certain things that they're looking for and and if if they want uh somebody who's the more conversational person then when you're interviewing them as a as your uh as a potential caregiver for them then that's a side of you that you need to let come out or maybe they're kind of no nonsense they just wanted to come in and get treated and, and walk out so mm -hmm. i think that if you if you want to be successful in life if you want to be a champion in life you have to learn what does the audience want that's, that's right it. so what the audience wants and i mean like we said earlier you're competing against yourself but you have to get to know the other people that are around you that are a part of that uh the 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 uh the competition the the environment that you're training in etc you have to get to know those individuals if you don't then that's when it becomes selfish. So you can train and practice and compete for yourself, but you must understand that there are other people around uh, and they do things differently. So the judges, the competitors, the teachers, the students, uh, even in the other realms that we discussed, business, finance, et cetera, so who you work with, everyone does things a little bit differently and that is perfectly okay. Um, so Jose, um, if you could sum up for how to train like a champion in one to two sentences. I'm going to put you on the spot first while I get a chance to think. <laughs> <laughs> if you could sum it up in one to two sentences, what would be your ultimate uh, phrase right now off the tip of your tongue? Be obsessed with the basics. Got that, everybody? So from me, I'll always go with the one that I tell my son. Uh, never give up and love what you do. So for me, those those two things have always been at the root of everything that I do. I never give up. 
just like you said, you get up there and train. It's like, I'm going to do a little bit better next time. So you want to train like a champion. You need to think like a champion. You need to act like a champion. Make the decisions that come with being a champion and sacrifice. Be passionate about what you do. Understand what your why is. Figure out why you're doing it. Set those goals while you're training and never give up. Uh, never settle practice the basics all of these elements I and mean, we could we could talk for days and days and days because we've trained for years and years and years on this stuff uh, so Jose as always it's a pleasure uh, to be here with you and listeners out there do not forget that if you hear this sound send us a message on the my Metro medicine Facebook page or wherever you see this post and tell us what the timestamp is for that sound and we will have you on our next podcast and you can ask any question you'd like. So thank you all for being here. Thank you, Jose. And we'll talk to you guys next time. All right, and make sure that you like us, love us, review us, rate us, and share us with everybody you know. Yeah, we know that they already do, but we need to sh- you need to show us the love. We need to feel That's the right. love. So we yeah, can't, I think we, we're, we're getting there. We just we need to feel the love from all of you out there. So make sure whatever platform you're listening to us on, don't just like us. Make sure you also follow us. Send us a little note. Doesn't have to be a love note. Let's just let's keep that rated PG thirteen. <laughs> but give it give us give us a shout out uh we would really appreciate it because we're here for you uh, and we love what we do so jose thank you all right justin thank you. you next time